and you're alive on Dead Radio. Yo, 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 you know guys, how you guys doing? Um, welcome to another show um, of Dead Radio with your main man, Bang is Dead, like you already really know. <laughs> um, today I've got a special guest with me. Um, I already say this, but you already know we only have special guests on this show. Um, what's up, bro? How you doing, man? That's good, bro. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain, man. Um, I know who you are, but you know, there's possibly some people watching this that don't. Please introduce yourself. Who are you and what do you do, bro? Cool. So my name is Menzim Zamela, also known as an Arcadia man. Yeah, I'm a content creator, editor, producer. Word. Word. Content creator, hey? <laughs> Dude, you were basically but you were basically creating content before it was even seen as content creation yeah <laughs> this is blogging i guess yeah like, dude so um so before we get into anything else like tell me about your background man like where are you from and like what are you about okay um i'm from i was well i was born in davidson uh right. but i grew up in durban my grandparents moved to durban I'm, uh, and i spent some time with them there and um and then i came back to live in randburg with my mother when she kind of stabilized a bit because my parents were very young when they had me so i spent a lot of time with my grandparents and right. then yeah yeah man i grew up in randburg basically joburg randburg and um i've always just liked um film and uh just anything creative on tv i used to like so i used to enjoy watching mtv because it was at the time mtv used to be like crazy creative so i used to watch a lot of yeah. MTV. And then I used to watch a lot of movies and I just liked, it. I just, I don't know why. I just liked watching stuff, you know, I enjoyed it. And then when it was time to finish school, I just went into multimedia. I wanted to go to, to film, but it was too expensive. So I just studied right. multimedia, which was way cheaper and it was dope actually. So yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so that transition of you like studying uh, multimedia and from film, did you, did you at any point like um, not know how to position yourself yeah like so going forth yeah when i was studying media i didn't know what i wanted to do i didn't know what my career would be so, uh, luckily with multimedia you do everything and they, they teach you about graphic design film photography videography typography so you just it's so because i'm learning all these things Damn. i don't know what to do it helps me being in that environment because they're teaching me everything they're not forcing me into one thing so right. it, was, it was dope at the time, but when you get the degree, then you must start making big decisions, like your yeah. path you want to do. And I ended up working in advertising as like a junior graphic designer. Yeah, because in my head, I thought, yeah, I thought I thought if I jump into advertising, I could learn about film because adverts are high level. Yes, but you start realizing that ad agencies are very corporate. You can't just go chill with people who make adverts. You know. <laughs> Oh, like the segmentations. Very segmented. And I was in a place where I couldn't get near those type of people. I just wasn't in that position. Right. So now how do you tr- how do you transition from that? Like, what's the next move? Um, <laughs> afterwards, um, I was um, I went to work for a production company. So I moved from uh, advertising to television. And right. worked for my bosses, who I still work for now, that mentored me and basically... Are my bosses and we and they also share the same dreams i have even though they we, they haven't achieved it as a company so i wasn't a right. good i was in a good environment there where we all know what we're trying to get to but we we're doing a lot of reality work 
so I became very good at editing for reality um, and uh, and specials. But we never, we still haven't got the narrative thing. So narrative is something I'm pursuing on the side and also pursuing with the company I'm working for. Right, so, right, yeah. currently. Right. Yeah. So, so okay. Now I need us to reverse because I see we're going a bit too far, right? Um, yeah. Because I, 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 I'm really interested in the in the YouTube, um, in, in you getting into like the YouTube channel vibes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. how does that like how does that start because for me personally um i remember discovering i think broke niggas in like broke niggas i think i discovered it like around 2015 2014 if i'm not mistaken and for me that was like a, a shocking thing like i was i was actually shocked that people were actually recording stuff because the last people i knew recording stuff to be online were like people in the, in the states you know and something that was well put together something like with the storyline, if you could say that, like something that's like just put together. So how mm-hmm. does the idea of broke nigga start? Because I know, yeah, cool. It's homies, university, you guys are friends, chilling around in the same building. Yeah. But who says, let's record and what are we recording for? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of my idea. And um, initially, Broke Niggas was a short film that I wrote. I'd written a short film, um, but I started realizing that putting it together is pretty hard. Making a movie is actually very difficult. Right. Uh, trying to get my friends into acting is almost impossible because <laughs> right. you're messing around. You don't care. It's like, what well, is this? You're not going <laughs> to sit and learn a script. It's just not going to happen. So yeah, uh, I felt like if I just kept the camera rolling because they're such interesting people. I would, right. Like if I recorded someone for 12 hours the whole day, I'm going to find some interesting stuff about them. Right. And that, I'll do I'll just start recording them because every time they talk and have conversations I'm always thinking like this is some cool conversation this is actually funny like you almost wish there was an audience like that's how funny my friend uh... I just started just recording them like yeah now nah, just to see what happens what pops out and then I went and I chopped it I edited it and I was like oh this is cool and then um I didn't know where to place it so I, I just started a channel and started throwing stuff there I didn't even know about getting views i just wanted to just throw it in there and for, for us to watch it um and yeah then every week i just started doing it just religiously Are you for just, real? yeah yeah and then started meeting up with them every weekend shooting editing posting and it became a thing that we just did you know? is that how you got is that how you really created this monster are you being for real yeah that's how i created it man at the time it didn't there was no long-term plan bro i'm just messing around no one had any ambition so you don't really care what's going to happen. And also, I, I just didn't think anyone would watch it. That's why the show is so vulgar. Because I was like, no one's going to watch this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Dude, and then you, before you know it, um, a lot of people are watching it. So now, how did you guys take in the... Because, it, I mean, it got to a point where now people are begging for more episodes. And obviously, like you said, that wasn't part of the plan. So yeah. now... Is that like, how do you transition now the conversation of your guys? I'm just recording, we're having fun to your guys. Now we have to record. Now we have to record, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, because that, that has to be a conversation. Like, yo, I was recording for fun, but now, like, we're yeah. actually starting to make, like, some noise. Yeah. So, what happened was um, we, we, we recorded 10 episodes and then we stopped. We ended Broke Niggas because we thought, okay, this was a cool experiment. This was dope. And um, when we stopped for like a month, people started tweeting me saying, why didn't you drop, you know? So I had no idea yes. people were anticipating episodes every week because no one was saying anything. No one, when I dropped an episode, no one was saying anything. So I assumed that, oh, it's done. People- No one cares. 
no yeah. one cared and that's fine i was cool with that because i expected that so when people started messaging me saying why did you stop dropping i'm like oh i didn't know you guys were waiting for episodes so then we had the conversation about carrying on and they were cool with it and then now we had to kind of have themes for every episode it got a bit slightly more serious and so I, but i tried not to lose the essence of it but it, it was right. having more structured episodes like today we're talking about this next week we're talking about that right that type of setup you know so now would you say your your, your background um aided your structure in terms of putting those things together like in terms of theme and how you now you're you're you're, you're editing the because obviously each show is edited in such a way that you can feel what the theme is you know what i mean mm-hmm. so now like um would you say multimedia this is where multimedia now was coming to show like just coming to the party like okay i study multimedia yeah, now multi- <laughs> multimedia gave me the ultimate edge you know because yeah not only could i shoot i could edit and not only could i edit i could design my own thumbnails I, could, mm. i was literally well, doing everything and it felt very organic so uh it, that did give me an edge on youtube a lot of youtubers didn't do multimedia a lot of youtubers can't really edit um, um well recently a lot of them do but when youtubers begin they didn't have the process that i had so i was at an advantage right and, um that's and i think that's where the edge of the show came from because people's the vlogs there were, there were some moments where the vlogs got very creative and yeah stuff other people wouldn't be able to do um and i think that's where the edge i had you know because me and also one of my best friends kelly um was also my roommate he's the same thing he works in advertising he does mm. does editing he does special effects he does shooting and he does photography Crazy. so multimedia came in very handy i wouldn't there wouldn't be a blog without multimedia in essence right Yeah. So now when it comes to vlogs, right? Because I, I, I'm going to get into something more that has to do with all video taking. But like when it gets to vlogs, because what I see, like when I go into your page, right? Or on, on your channel, it looks like you're like, it looks like you're a director, a producer of content. I wouldn't necessarily say you have a channel. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even get what I mean. Like it almost looks like Menzies TV channel on YouTube. Because a lot of the... Pro- Yeah, on, on 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 that platform. Do you get what I mean? Is that is that what is that the kind of feel you're looking for? It initially that was the intention. Um just to it was it was it was trying to create I was just trying to create like a essay version of like Vice or Noisy, you know, like uh... channels I used to watch those in varsity. I used to watch Vice noisy um mass appeal was one of those right so i love that thing of like that cult, a channel like where there's a lot of culture happening people all mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. and i wanted to do exactly that to playlist different types of content and and, and people have options to choose what they want to see on that channel damn yeah. and that it, with you saying that now it makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of different um and content on that channel okay so now what is a creative producer do because i see you call your you go by um something you say is your creative producer so what's a creative producer so in 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 tv um a creative producer is someone who manages the consistency of the creative direction that a show has taken okay Um, so from the beginning right to the end they are managing the creative decision making other people are making so that um so that people don't derail from their initial ideas you know right so if you have an idea and i help build that idea once the idea is built and we're moving forward i have to make sure that we're sticking on that that same mm-hmm. 
So if you start doing some weird stuff, I'll be like, you know, this doesn't come the plan. Contribute to the initial idea, you know. We need to make sure we're consistent to the creative decisions we've made and stick to them on a structural level. Otherwise, it just becomes silly, you know. Um, makes sense. Creative producers do a lot of the time. They make sure that you're keeping consistent on the decisions you've made from the inception of the idea and the structures of that you have built for the idea. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. And then, so you've been a creative producer for BET and comedy channel i mean comedy central yeah um, so i don't know were you on the panel or did you get the job because you're a funny guy <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like comedy uh, central yeah nah, nah so i worked for so the so, I, so i'm the creative producer for well done media which is the production right. they yes. got they got hired by bt so with Comedy Central, it was um, it was a it was a stand-up TV show. So the comedians are already there, and then we just have to produce the show. So, um, uh. so the venue, we put the cameras, we choose the angles, we edit it, we package the graphics, and we create the show from um, after the brief that was given to us by Comedy Central. Um, so that's what I've done for Comedy Central. I helped create the show called Laugh in Your Language. Which was a stand-up show, which which was quite hectic because stand-up shows are pretty intense. You don't, you don't yeah, realize. What do you mean you helped create? Like, did you guys sit down and bounce around ideas and? Oh, so the right. show the show existed before, and then they and then if if a, if a previous company does a does a bad job, when they do the next version, they give it to somebody else. Uh-huh. And so the show existed, but we have we had we were in charge of executing the show. And when you're in charge of executing the show, you have liberties, creative liberties to make a show better, you know. So you can decide something that was done in the previous shows, you can remove it and say, I don't like it. I'm adding this instead. There's a lot of creative liberties. So we have to make the show package, we need to package the show as, as well as possible. And that's our responsibility. Because when people watch it and they don't like it, we're going to get shit for that. They have to say, yeah. well, you guys messed up this, you messed up that. So we have to make sure the show is done right. And with with a show like stand up, you have to make sure that your cameras are camera angles are good, your pacing is good when you're editing. You know, like just make it interesting, make make the guy funnier than he already is with the. <laughs> and, and, and helping a comedian just look look good because it's his reputation at the end of the day. You have to make him look good on TV, and that was our right. Yeah, you know, you, you know when you when you're talking about making the comedian look good right and the first thing that hit my head is how i forgot that media is actually used to create narratives like to 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 to, to create specific narratives that they want the masses to believe right mm-hmm. and um we just i think we tend to forget that as people that we actually like what everything we create and that's visual um, such as, let's say, you, anything you put on your YouTube channel, anything you put on your um, Instagram, if you have like a lot of followers, is something you could use to create a narrative. Yeah. Have you ever been in a boardroom or in a meeting as a creative producer where it's specifically being said what narrative is tried to being pushed on the specific show? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, no. It ha- I've, I've never had that con- conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure those conversations happen more with um, uh, narrative TV shows, you know, like shows that are actual like stories. But right. when, it comes, when it comes to reality, production companies get a lot of freedom. Um, uh. they, they, they leave it up to us to figure it out. Because I've, I've, one thing I've realized is um, clients or channels, they, 
they 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 don't say it but they they want you to be smarter than them you know so uh-huh. they will throw an idea in the air and as a as a as a as a service provider you're not supposed to accept that idea you're just supposed to um make it better um they they won't right. say that they won't say that to you and they won't express it and sometimes they don't even know it but your job is to be smarter than them and make yes that make their lives easier because the people that give you work are the people that know that this guy will make me sleep better at night you know if i give yes. I, I give this to bangy and i give I him five, stress. five words i don't have stress you know and yes. that's that's what you need to make people feel like when you give when they give you a job and the company i work for has done a great job at doing that for um viacom because they give us work their lives become much easier all we do is give them a final product and they give us minimal changes but if they have to babysit us that's a big problem because then yes. they won't get yeah I thank God for the blessings. I thank God for the bad bitches in my phone sending me text messages. I thank God I ain't. I thank God I ain't stressing. I thank God for the nasty things and bling, motherfucker. I'm flexing. I thank God for the. I thank God for the blessings. I thank God for the bad bitches in my phone sending me text messages. I thank God I ain't, I thank God I ain't stressing. I thank God for the nasty things and play, motherfucker, I'm flexing. I thank God for them. I thank God for my mama. I thank God for my brothers. I thank God for my sisters. And I thank God for my grandma. I thank God for the days. I thank God for the week. I thank God for the strength. Thank God I ain't weak. Thank God for the trees. But I smoke no ganja. I thank God for the. I thank God for my bros. And I thank God for the hoes, the clothes, the shoes, the real and the foes. Thank God I'm goosey. Thank you. Thank God for the booty. Thank you. It made me great for heaven's sake. I saw heaven's gates when I looked to your eyes. So I just couldn't mind. Hit up right with my eyes on the prize. Chilling with Lone, I'm Peter Pan fly. I don't want crimes. I don't even eat pie. I just want dollars. I don't even know time. I just want to fall in. I don't even know why. Send a couple deals. I ain't wearing no ties. Two chains on. I ain't telling no lies. Thank God I'm goosey. Thank you, thank God for the pussy, thank you, thank God for the, yeah I thank God for the blessings, I thank God for the bad bitches in my phone sending me text messages I thank God I ain't, yeah. I thank God I ain't stressing I thank God for the nasty things and bling, motherfucker, I'm flexing I thank God for the, I thank God for the blessings I thank God for the bad bitches in my phone sending me text messages I thank God I ain't, yeah. I thank God I ain't stressing I thank God for the nasty things and play, motherfucker, I'm flexing. I thank God for the, I thank God for the blessings. I thank God for the bad bitches in my phone sending me text messages. I thank God I ain't, yeah. I thank God I ain't stressing. I thank God for the nasty things and play, motherfucker, I'm flexing. I thank God for the, hey, motherfucker, I'm extra. Sun, 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 sun. Yeah, so I was like, Netflix, right? So Netflix um, is owned by whoever, right? I just yeah. want to give you an... Because um, I, was, I'm, I'm, I was very curious about this the other day. 
Netflix is owned by whoever, whatever it could, whoever it is, right? It's the same mm-hmm. of like um, all these other um, cinematography companies. The English words are leaving my mind. You know what I mean, right? These companies that they create narratives, right? We can agree on that, right? That all these companies that make movies are creating a specific narrative for whoever's gonna move, watch the movie to believe. Whether it could be a black pen is better than a white pen, or a white pen is better than the black yeah, pen, whatever yeah. it could be, right? Um. So now, when I watch a documentary on Netflix, could could I easily assume that watching a documentary on YouTube is better than watching a documentary on Netflix? Because the one on YouTube has less um baselines like it's it's less control do you yeah. get what i mean is it yeah. fair to to assume that because obviously everything we see on netflix is control like someone watches it and like yeah we like what this movie or what the series is talking about we are mm. passing that yeah so i think i think it's tricky because if you make a, a youtube docky there's there's a lot of room for you to to create false narratives uh, because you have that freedom to just post a docky, you know, like I could shoot right now a docky and post it. But on an official basis like Netflix, they, they, there are certain things that they'll have to do extensive research on to make sure that they're not um, creating a narrative that's untrue. Mm-hmm. There is obviously an angle, you know, a, a docky yeah. is on like purely raw and true. People have agendas. But I think yes. I think a Netflix docu could be more um, valuable and more truer than a, a Netflix a YouTube docu, uh, and it also depends on subject matter. You know, like at the end of the day, mm. it's about your opinion uh, of the director. You know, um, but I would True. I would I would choose a Netflix docu over a YouTube docu because YouTube can take you a whole direction and you won't even know. <laughs> 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 So you, you have to be more careful with that with the YouTube. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. You're definitely making sense. So now, yeah. Microwave Boys. Um, how did that concept come ab- about? Because obviously you're the, you're the creative producer behind it, right? And you shot it and you yeah. edited yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how did that come together? Like who says what and how does it get working? Because that's like one thing that really... It's like, does like it did a lot of social commentary and at the, at the same time, it was really controversial to like to some, like to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Yeah, not different. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I started it with um, I started it with Larry basically because um, right. yeah, me and Larry go way back. Went to the same high school. Um, yeah, I know you're I, part of the refs. Dude. I used to die for him. <laughs> yeah. So after high school, we kind of didn't talk for a long time, and then you saw what I was doing on my channel um, because before we did um, Microwave Boys, we did Guide to Groove, we did all these little mini shows. Okay. Um, so and he saw and he saw that from Broke Niggas. He was like, "This is cool. Let's let's think of some content." Because he's very good at content. He's very good at like uh, forecasting things, and he's and he was very good at um, creating content. So he kind of forecasted that. He showed me a video of these guys called at the time they weren't famous, Jesus and Mero. So he made me watch Jesus and Mero, and he was like all these guys do is just talk shit and they're funny guys you know they they're almost like news anchors but from the hood you know and he was like we can do a south african version of this just commenting and giving people information it's gonna bang like you literally said that he was like this if we do this with the people i can put together the show is gonna bang literally said it's gonna be a success and i'm like cool yeah um and then he's like i'm gonna call my homie sipo and i know a guy called spaga at the time spaga was working in a production company as an i think a camera assistant he was literally just a guy just working trying to you know he was from cape town trying to just keep a job and and then 
Joburg. And I was like, this guy's crazy, he's wild. Let's put these guys together and see what happens. And that's what we did. We we shot it at my apartment and did that first episode. It was quite messy. And um and we posted it, man, and it got mixed reviews. Like some people were like, This is stupid. Some people were like <laughs> I remember at the time Larry's manager was like, This is a big mistake. It's not gonna work. He literally told him that and and he even quit as his manager because Larry was saying it's going to be a success. Like it was that bad. Um, wow. And yeah, and I remember Yanga wasn't too happy with the episode because Spaga just Yanga. It was like a weird thing, bro. <laughs> wow. So um, I was like, nah, it's not going to work. This is bad. And Larry was just like, let's just shoot another episode. And we just kept shooting, bro. We just like kept shooting and it picked up. And it was like, yeah. And then. It became like literally what he prophesied. He was, it happened, you know. He was like, I told you, this thing was gonna bang, and it banged. Because at the time, I was very reluctant. I was like, hey, let's see, bro. Let's keep on pushing and let's see. <laughs> yeah, let's see if it really pops up and it really popped up. Damn. Popped. Yeah, so I was like, okay, that's cool. And it popped up. That's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. so, so did you, I, I, the bigger it got, did it need any more direction or was it just a bunch of social commentary? Like um, direction in terms of how we're gonna talk about this, how do we get into the topics, and like how so, we structure everything. Nah, there was no direction, man. So the, the 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 production of the show is just one long reaction video. We literally just pop up a picture, and then they just start to commenting. There's no script. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's literally what was happening, and then I would basically patch it up in the edit. I would make it faster or slower. I would remove things that didn't work. I would build the whole show in the edit when I'm editing it, basically. But on production, mm. they just go off, bro. Like, they don't stop. They just non-stop going off. Dude, off, and then the, way just... you, the way you say that, like, brings so much clarity because it's just like, editors actually put in so much work, dude. Because yeah, editors yeah. actually put dude. together what we see because you guys are just recording everything and right. then now you have to watch it again and now cut out what you think exactly. will pop. Yeah, that's what editors do, man. So, yeah, like, imagine imagine what guys would do move, edit movies. Have dude! To, like, Hours that's what I'm thinking, like two hour yeah. movies. Exactly, and because when you shoot a movie, it's not like you're shooting two hours. You could shoot a hundred hours, you know? <laughs> so yeah, you shoot days. Yeah, so that's what they do, man. That's what you build a lot of the story, and editors build a story, you know? they storytellers. Yeah. They make sure that the viewers understanding it from A to Z, they're getting it. They're not getting lost or confused, you know? But yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we do. Damn, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. Okay, so now, um, what projects are you working on now in terms of YouTube? Because surely you should be working on some new productions due to this lockdown. Yeah, so I've stopped. Um, so besides the um, role models, uh, which is Kelly's baby. Yes. And, uh, there's another show, Sisterhood of the Traveling Girl, which is um yes. people's baby. Um, I produced that. Um, I produced the the podcast. But Kelly with role models, Kelly does everything. I just post it. He literally does everything A to Z. Shoots, interview, edits, and then I just post it. But yes. on my, I'm, I'm, I don't want to create um any content for YouTube. But I want to. I've been. I want to create more short films. I was supposed to mm. shoot a lot, but because of the lockdown, I only managed to shoot one short film. So I want to focus more on narrative now because that was the actual plan. I want to create movies. Right. So now I'm just writing. And then once the lockdown's over, I'm going to start pitching my films to collaborate with other people. Like the first one I collaborated with, Sipo, uh, Fresh, Manawe, and them. Um, and mm-hmm. for, I want to write short films and then 
bring a team together. Is that the one you dropped at the beginning of this year? Yeah, yeah, the the two side two sides of the same price. Um, yes, that thing is hard. Yes, so I want to make more of that because that's my focus. You know, I think YouTube. Uh, I think YouTube and SA is pretty much established, so I want to just bring in something new again and uh, create narrative work and just make totally. it short films, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. I'm for that. I'm for that. That makes perfect sense. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get into media myself, but not necessarily, like, um, movies and all that. Like, I'm actually looking into, like, newspapers and, like, mm. online magazines and whatnot because, I mean... Um, at some point, I'd like to own the whole chain. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, 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 and by the chain is, at some point, I'd like to tell someone to buy this because I own that. And yeah. that's what happens with, when you own media. Like, I control the narrative. I can have a front cover of a BMW, knowing very well that I own the BMW dealership. And I know you're going to go buy a BMW and I'm going to inherit the money. Because that's what, like, literally all the rich people do in South Africa. Like, they just own um, media houses just to control the narrative. And it's also like a power move in a way. Because um, if I'm trying to strike a deal and I tell you, yo, dude, um, don't worry if you need any spread. <laughs> you're, 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 like, you're for the first person that I got. You know what I mean? Because that's what that actually happened with, like, the Guptas. Um, so, you know a a N seven. Yeah, yeah. Use... So what they did is... They bought the channel and they created a different um, narrative of Zuma. I was watching this documentary on Showmax where they were basically talking about it. And they're talking about how AWN7 was made to create a specific narrative around Zuma and the overall ANC. So there were certain words people, like the anchors were not allowed to say about Zuma or the ANC. And there were certain things they are not to say about the ANC, even like the small words, because like, that's how media works. Media really works on like small, significant words yeah. and um, and just like adjectives. They don't really like tell you straight up that, yo, this nigga's fucked up. They're just going to use like some really yeah. smart adjectives and you're going to fall into that hole. So yeah. after watching that, it just made me understand how as me owning a media house, you have so much leverage. Mm-hmm. so much leverage just based on the, you being able to control and create a narrative yeah. that anyone who's watching at that point in time can buy yeah it's like Fox with Trump you know they, they mess with him what happened to that? now I'm saying the, the Fox channel in America they support Trump so everything they say about Trump is always good they never say anything bad about him you know ah. um, basically for some reason they really they really uh, li- like him there. So I think he has a, some sort of affiliation there. That's why they never say yes, anything. Money. They always defend everything he says. I mean, he could literally blow up like a building. They'll find a way to make him look like a leader or a good person. It doesn't matter what he Damn. does. Yeah. It's so. definitely money, dude. <laughs> yeah. Someone, or, or either that or someone that owns Fox needs Trump to be no funding uh, in position to get what he's getting like that's yeah. really how it works like it's crazy like it's really like it's intense it's actually really crazy um so short film when your short film dropping i just i have to shoot it man you know i've written oh, have script. you already dropped the one that you already shot because no, i've already watched one that's the one that's the only one i've shot i've i've only right. written the others i just have to shoot them i haven't shot them yet um, yeah, but you might have to find a way to shoot around the lockdown, because eh? you know this is not going any anywhere anytime soon, bro. 
Right. I might even have to rewrite and create new short films that I can shoot because my next short film I can't shoot it. It needs like a, a space. It needs a few characters. It's a lot happening. Mm. So I might have to write something else for lockdown and see how that works. You know. Um, okay. Now, question: Funding. Where do you get the funding to do all the stuff? Um, do you pocket it? Like, do you fund it yourself? Uh, or is it just time? Now I spend my own money on my short film. It costs about four point five thousand rand. But and what do you ex- exactly spend on? So I, I spent money on um, food. <laughs> I had to feed my. Cause... <laughs> of course. Uh, the guys weren't getting paid. No one got paid, so I have to. Of course. Make sure eating. Um, and then I had to pay to mix the movie, which was literally half the budget. So once I've shot the audio, mm. I had to be mixed because I, I want to make sure that it's good audio because sound can turn people off, you know. Yeah. Um, and then um yeah. and then yeah that that was the biggest budget the food and the mixing because i got the venue for free from a friend I, my friends came together to make the movie i had luckily i had friends with good cameras um and then i had yeah, friends that, with light. those you cameras know? look crazy that that quality yeah. i i watched it on uh hd 720 even <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is crazy quality is insane yeah so i was lucky to have people with that equipment and then i just shot you know and that's what i realized about uh shooting is that when you decide to make like a movie you you'd be shocked how many people around you are ready to like throw in help you know like there's yeah, so many yeah, yeah. equipment and the sound people own that stuff and they're, they're ready to help if you can pitch something dope to them they're ready to be like ah let's try it out let's see and that's what my friends did basically you know I feel you. That's really dope, man. That's really yeah. dope. Um, I know. Look, I ha- I just got this question in my head, and I know there's probably a question we should be having after this, but <laughs> really, I'm gonna ask it right now. Have you ever thought of having your own virtual channel, like really? not necessarily a channel that lives on YouTube, because like you see how people are crying about um open up the uh, industry, and how mm. there's like um um a lot of um, actors and actresses that like have no jobs and some are qualified or some just see yeah. it as a passion that actually have nothing to do. So I thought about this like uh, ages, ages, ages ago when whoever, like the person I was with at that point in time was like an, was, was an actress and um, mm-hmm. she was like um, auditioning and all that stuff and couldn't get like um, positions. And I asked her like, dude, why don't you and your friends, seeing that you guys can't get like jobs, why don't you guys like start your own sitcom or soapy um, that you guys could push? But in an idea like that, what holes are they? Like, what are the loopholes that no one would see? Like in you having your own sitcom, for argument's sake. Or like if I started my started producing my own show independently. Yeah, and let's say let's look, dude. Let's say it's not like a, a five star show, bro. It's like yeah. A star with like a cast of six people, you know. Yeah. Um, each episode is like 15, 10 minutes, very straight to the top, you know. Yeah. Come in, like each story is just a story that hooks you on, like something like Intersection. I don't even remember it when Intersection had like those small trailers that like just like trailers that you, we could all put together. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, hey, dude, there's actually technically it depends on your circumstances, bro, you know, like. Like you can argue and say that I can start it. I could start a sitcom because I could. I have. I literally have all the resources to create it. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's a crap load of work for me. But 
if we're having a conversation about the possibility, it's very possible. There's even a guy who with the YouTube channel who has his own mini series, like a whole romantic drama called Love. Love the series. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, has that. I think his name is Diggy. I think um, he, he it's his baby. I don't even know how he pulls it off. I don't. Um, but he's got a whole show on 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 T on. Um, right. On, on uh, channel, there's a guy called MDM Sketch Comedy. I don't know if you know him. No, I'm gonna check him out. He's got 450,000 subscribers. He's a South African. A South African yeah. sketch comedy skits. He makes skits and full on narratives, full on directing, camera angles, characters, and he's doing it. So it's so it's 100% possible, bro. Um, it's just how how what what surrounds you, what resources surround you. It's easy for me to say I can make a show. I've got. My my roommate is a full on high end editor for adverts, you know, and then I have friends with A7s, Sony's. I have so it's easy for me to say that, but there could be a guy out there who's dirt poor who can write, but who's gonna make his show, you know? But um, if you if me personally, it's possible, but in general, it is possible. The possibilities, it's more accessible and more doable to create your own narratives in this day and age. It's a possibility. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I really do. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. It makes yeah. a lot more sense. So what's what's your end goal? To be like my a young end, Spike Lee? I know that's my, like a really bad example, but you know yeah, what I mean. I love Spike Lee. I love Spike Lee, bro. He, and and you, it's not a bad example. It's a great example because right. he's, he's one of the reasons I want to make movies. Um, uh, so I do want to be a filmmaker. I want to create TV sh- narrative TV shows. Um, I want to either... Uh, uh, head write, produce, or direct, or do all of it for on an on an on a, on the highest level. So like, filmmaking is obviously one thing I want to do. I want to be involved in it, um, and yeah, that is the dream. So like, and Spike Lee is a great example because he made the he made his greatest movie at 26. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 28. So. <laughs> I won't lie. Every time I hear his name, or every time I see him on the timeline, I always think of you because it's like. I always feel like you guys have like the, not necessarily the same. I have a, I don't know how to put it, dude. Like, I, yeah. I, there's just certain people that I, every time I hear about them, I always think about like someone else, just especially yeah. if they're doing like the same thing. Um, so before we go, um, I just want to ask you, um, do you have any words of wisdom to everyone who's watching that could possibly want to be a videographer or a cinematographer? You know what yeah. I mean? Yo, cinematographer, I don't know because I can't. <laughs> now I'm joking. I just, I just do that in for the future. You never know. <laughs> but, but for creation, I would say um, uh, just try and keep it as close to your heart as possible when creating. As in, don't try panda when creating. It's a big mistake people make. They create for other people. But uh, mm-hmm. I think try create something that you yourself would like. You need to actually like it, you know. And you'd be, and then you start realizing that other people like it too. That's the best way to create, where you create sure. something that something to you, and then if you can make it digestible to the mass audience, you'll realize other people will like it as well. Um, mm-hmm. so, there's nothing wrong with being personal when creating, especially at the beginning. Maybe later on you'll start pandering, and you know, but at the beginning, always keep it close to you as a person, and because you can, people can see it and feel that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very true like you your your label even though it's for the masses you can feel that it comes from a very personal uh foundation it's not like it's not like you were like they're gonna love this you love you loved it first you loved your clothes first before anybody else you're not yeah you 
you create something that you don't like but think other people will like you 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 approve that first because it's something you like and because it's an extension of yourself you start realizing that people people think like you because they like what you create and that is the best position to be in you're actually very right dude. can i tell you one crazy story before i leave right yeah. i once upon a time made a collection uh fully based on what i thought people would like <laughs> yeah. right? there's a time when in my design life when i was like lost as a designer oh no nah, i hate calling myself a designer as a visionary i was lost i was just like i didn't know what i liked and i kind of lost my personal taste for a couple of seconds and dude that collection did not sell. <laughs> i'm not yeah. joking yeah. i didn't sell even one piece and all that taught me is that when you when you're a creator right people don't like you for creating things they like they actually like you because you create things they end up liking what they never knew they would like what they never knew they would percent they didn't know what they were missing yeah. and that's the key well, the key is your taste just being so good to be relatable to someone else honestly yeah. speaking like that's generally how i saw it so ever since then i'll never ever create something that i don't like like if i don't like something it's not making it into the collection like it's a yeah. sample like that's how it is now yeah. um you probably but, probably made the right decision by doing that you know yeah I mean? but i said for myself i'm so shocked i never saw the piece because i thought i thought i made something everyone would like yeah and it just didn't work it, it just didn't work um but thanks so much man um I hope to you. hear from you soon hope to see you soon you know keep okay. working we're trying to see your work man the last shot from you dropped that shit was fire nah definitely man well if i shoot the next thing i shoot i, I, I i'm gonna try buy some of your items man because i always like to con- add because the cool thing about movies you can add so many elements of collaboration and if you if yeah you make someone else's clothes and it's like it's it, it just contributes to the idea and the scenario you know because so, i did a painting with the last one so i'm definitely yeah. i'm definitely gonna buy items but your stuff sells out quickly but when if i can get it <laughs> now nah, hit I'm me up bro we can make something work bro come on I, 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 I'm, i'm willing to help with anything that's like that's just like impactful bro anything impactful let's go yeah just definitely. hit my line up hit my lineup i'm ready anytime <laughs> i will i will i bet you already know thanks so much for your time man i know this is like the third time we try to do this finally <laughs> we got it in <laughs> thank Good you so much for your patience and thank you for understanding man thanks bro i sure, stay man. blessed you too dog in this life ain't no right ain't no wrong dog is light demons real strangers fight Hust on hill, right on sight Ain't no prize, teachers lie Cowards live, heroes die Seen it all, check the price Saw the top, not scared of heights Thank you God, thank you God Thank you God, for the talent It's a lie, it's a lie It's a lie, but we'll manage Thank you God, thank you God Thank you God, thank you for the talent It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie, but we'll manage All your friends let you down, don't jump in, let you drown Ain't no bad guys, ain't no good guys, only fake truth and the real lies They don't realize, ain't no blue skies, only loud cries, only demise, only pussy
niggas acting feline in a year's time. You can say, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the talent. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. But we'll manage. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. For the talent. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Everybody in the music game Don't even make no fucking music Got the kids watching and they imitating And the truth is we all abuse it Truth is all these niggas lame Really scared that they gonna lose it Supposed to elevate it, be the fucking greatest But they really just couldn't do it Thank you God, thank you God Thank you God for the talent It's a lie it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie, Thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, for the talent. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie, You can say I told you so.